God, can we lift our hands to heaven right now? Father, we just want to worship you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I believe that you brought us to this place because you have a message for your people. And I declare this, Lord, this morning, acceleration in the spirit, that you will move upon your people, that you will touch them in a supernatural way. I declare this, Lord, that no person shall leave as they came. I thank you, Lord, that you will move in power, in sovereign power. People experience you. I declare a supernatural anointing, even as I feel it coming upon me right now. I thank you, Lord, this whole building shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. I pray that we will tremble under the power of God, that the fear of the Lord shall hit our hearts, that people will hunger and thirst for your glorious presence. I thank you this in the wonderful and beautiful name of Jesus Christ. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Give Jesus a great hand of praise before you take your seat. Thank you so much. What a privilege to be here. You can take your seats. Thank you. What a privilege to be here. It's awesome. I I think we are in the United States almost two months now. Um, We've been traveling in different states. We've seen uh, tremendous healings, breakthroughs. Um, last weekend I was in Naples, this weekend here, and then off to uh, New York. I want to quickly tell you what happened in um, Kentucky. It was an incredible miracle that happened. There was a, there was a precious man that has had a, a, a lump in his face, a huge, huge lump. He was disfigured in his face. Um, it was cancer, stage 4 cancer. And doctors couldn't help him anymore. Nothing that the doctors could, could do, they couldn't operate on him. Um, and that uh, made him blind, so he was blind in his eye. Cancer started springing, his throat couldn't eat. Um, and he came out for, for prayer. We prayed for him. The power of God touched him. I believed that the Lord has healed him. And then one of the services, as I walked into the church, here's the guy standing in front of me, no lump. Absolutely gone. And, and the lump disappeared supernaturally from his face. Cancer is gone. His eyesight is, is, is back. And it's only Jesus that can do something like that. Um, if I might, I want to quickly come down there. I want to I speak to you face to face. I believe this, and I want you to take notes of what I'm telling you today. In actual fact, take the very second I'm telling you this. The greatest hour for the church is not over. The greatest hour for the church is now. God is going to do something right now. I need at least five people that will believe this with me, that the greatest hour for the church is right now. Where's the five that believes that the, the greatest hour for the church is right now. It's, it's, not, it's not past. It was not in the 50s and the 60s. It's coming now. What God is going to do on this earth in this final hour is going to be supernatural. It's going to be something that I have not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into man's heart. The things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But this is, I believe with all of my heart, that the Lord is raising up a supernatural church. A supernatural church. The first church in the book of Acts was a church that was started with the outpour of the Holy Spirit. You better mark my words. The last church that will leave this earth shall be the same that what the first church experienced, a continuous outpour of the Holy Ghost. And one of the things that I want to say that I believe is coming back to the body of Christ is the fear of the Lord. A holy fear of God will come back into the body of Christ. It will be exactly like it was in the book of Acts. My God shall move with power and glory like we've never seen before. Now, I want to start off by saying this, that before I was born, doctors told my dad that he will never have children. And my dad always wanted a son that can go into the world to preach the gospel. My, my dad is a, is a preacher, he's a, a prophet of God, great man of God. 
Um, so I'm a PK. And if you ever wondered why PK's children are so naughty, it's because they play with the congregants' children. So just to, just to clarify that. All right? <laughs> so, um, so before I was born, my dad always wanted uh, um, a son that, he would, that God would use. So doctors was wrong again because my dad had, had two uh, daughters. I've got two older sisters. Um, and then my dad wanted a boy. And so when, when my mom was pregnant with me, she didn't know she was pregnant. She thought she had gallstones. And so she went to the doctor. She says, I think I've got, a, I've got gallstones. And he said, no, you're not, no gallstones. You're pregnant. And so my dad prayed and he said, uh, Lord, give me a boy. And they, they asked the Lord to give them a sign if God would use me around the world. And they said, um, I must weigh nine pounds and I must come out with a frown on my face. And I weighed nine pounds at birth. I came out with a frown on my face, and my mom told me that the day that she left the hospital with me, somebody stopped her in the hallway and said to her, the God says that he's going to use this boy all over the world. And the person disappeared, and she believed up to this day it might have been an angel that confirmed the calling upon my life. And then um, I, would, I, would rem- I would remember this, because there's a reason I'm telling you all of this. I remember uh, uh, hearing a father praying in his house. Now, let me just say this to you, parents. Most of your children will not do what you tell them to do. They will do what you do. They see what what you do and they mimic that. I always had this praying father. I always heard him cry before God. And um, I I always wanted that. And the one day we were standing in the church and I heard people praying in tongues. And I pulled on my dad's trousers. I said, I want that. Teach me that. He said, I can't teach you that. That comes from the Holy Spirit. But you can go into your room and ask him and he will fill you. So at the age of five years old, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and started falling in love with Jesus in such a way that I started reading the Bible. I've asked my dad questions daily. I ate up the Word of God. You know, let me tell you, from a young age, I had the knowledge of the Word of God. It was in me. So it's in my heart. I knew the Word of God. At the age of seven, I'll never forget this. Uh, I heard the one night my dad was crying in the presence of the Lord. And I was walking down the passage past his room the whole time because I've heard him cry out to God. And something pulled me into that room. And my dad never forced me to go and pray. He showed me this is what a man of God does. And so I was pulled into that room. And I'll never forget this. It was, it was pitch dark, pitch black in the room. I couldn't see my hand in front of me. I knelt next to my dad in prayer. And I heard a voice, a clear voice, tell me, look up. And as I looked up, I saw Jesus standing at the door. I knew this, is G- I knew this was Jesus. I couldn't see his face, but I knew, he- I knew this is the one I'm going to lay down my life for the rest of my life. I saw him stand like this, and I-, I saw his fingers. I saw his body. I couldn't see his face. Wow. Well, it was the most golden color I've ever seen in my life. Peace that surpasses all understanding flooded my soul. And I thought maybe, you know, maybe I'm just seeing stuff. And I looked away a little bit and I heard him say a second time, look up one more time. And I looked up and I saw him standing at the door. And quite funny that he was standing at the door. Because he stands at the door today and he knocks. And if anybody will open up, he will come in. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit here. So I grew up and came to a point in my life where... I rebelled, I ran away from the calling, um, I did everything else that I wasn't supposed to do. My dad always told me, you called to preach, I said, I'm, a, I'm an introvert, I'm shy. You know, when we had oral speeches at school, I begged my mom 
uh, let me stay home. I don't want to speak. I can't speak in front of people. I always told my dad, I will clean the toilets of the church. I'll stack the chairs. I'll play the security guard. I'll park the cars, but I never will preach. I will never preach in my life. And so I started boxing. And then I, I was great in rugby. We've got a, a, a great sport in South Africa, rugby. I was great in rugby. I've done well in sports. I ran away from the call. Something happened in my life that I knew that I, I can't run no more. You know, I was boxing. I broke, my, I broke my hand on somebody's face. And in the hospital, while I was laying in the hospital, uh, I had to go for an operation. I heard God say to me, I gave your hands not to hit people, but to heal people through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I knew I couldn't run anymore. And then I, I, I said, Lord, well, I, I surrender. I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And so I was 17 when I was preaching for the first time for a church of 150 people. And I, I preached that, I preached and I preached. Listen, let me tell you, I had 18 A4 papers packed out. I preached and nothing happened. Some people slept in my service. I was very despondent. I went home, I closed my room, closed the door in my room and I said to the Lord, Lord, see, I told you, I'm the wrong guy to use. You can use anybody else. Why do you use me? And then he said something to me that changed my whole life. He said, you've got all the knowledge, but you lack the power. You have all the knowledge, but you lack the power. I said, well, I want the power. Teach me the power. So what I've done was for at least seven years of my life, I've, I've separated myself from people. I've separated myself from the world. I closed my door on a daily basis, and the only thing I was doing is I was seeking. Now, let me explain to you what I did. I wasn't praying until I felt like I was tired. I prayed until heaven opened up. I prayed until God will appear in that building. If, if, if he didn't show up, I would not stop. Many times my wife would come and tell me, you know, you have to come to bed. You're not sleeping no more. And I will tell her, I don't care about sleep. I want him. I want the power. I want the power. I want the power. And let me tell you, yesterday I got, I got out of the car and, the, and I said to the Lord, Lord, the first thing I told him, I, I don't know why at that moment, but I said, Lord, I love the gifts that you gave me. But I am right now with Paul is that I might know you and the power of your resurrection. I want to know more of him. I know the Lord. Listen, I know him my whole life, but there's so much more in him. So I became so hungry. And this is what I'm telling people today. If I can find two hungry people in this place, God can use you to shake nations. Listen, we've been, we've been, I've reached more than 60 nations in the last eight years. 60, six zero nations through the power of the Holy Ghost. If I can do it, you can do it. And I, I, I brought the recipe. And, and, and this is why I want to tell you, for seven years, I was just seeking the, pray, the, the, the you know, that, that secret place that I like to call it the place called there. I wanted to know this power. I wanted to know this marvelous power. Because so many people think that the Holy Spirit is an atmosphere and you can use Him whenever you need Him. You switch on the light switch and the churches push Him away today because we want feel-good messages. And, and we, don't, we don't want the deep things of God because the deep things of God will cause me to work a bit. I'll, I'll have to wait. I'll have to seek. But I, I want to tell you that there's a dimension of power that when you walk in that dimension that no demon of hell will stop the assignment of God. Listen to me. Somebody better hear me. You have not been created just to exist. You have been created to be the carrier of God's power for your generation. Come on. Wherever you go, atmospheres must shift. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. Atmospheres must shift wherever God sends you. Because you carry the presence of God. What a privilege. I said, what a privilege. So I will never forget this. We were, after seven years of intensely seeking the Lord, I was, 
I was taking my team down to a, a, a town, a city in South Africa called Durban. It's close to the coast. And um, on, the, on our way there, I was supposed to preach. On my way there, I heard God speak to me almost an audible voice. I, I, I'm telling you, almost audible. It's also clear as day. He said to me, from this day, I'm going to change your whole ministry. It will never be the same again. And I said, Lord, what are you going to do? And his voice disappeared. And I got to the church, and I, I was leading praise and worship. And um, I, I heard him say to me, open up your eyes. Now, I haven't come to the preach. I haven't preached. We just went into worship. And I op- opened up my eyes and everybody was face down on the ground. Everybody. That's not a single person standing. And I heard him say, you are next. I said, Lord, I can't be next. I'm the preacher. I, I need to preach the word. <laughs> and I promise you, it was like electricity. I can't even say electricity. It's, it's something higher than electricity. It hit me on the forehead. Right here. And I fell to the ground. Nobody laid hands on me. I fell to the ground on my back. My hands were lifted in the air automatically. It was, I had no power over movement. I couldn't move my arms. I couldn't move my hands. It was moved for me. You, you know, and um, for two hours, I was just speaking in tongues. I couldn't speak in English. And for two hours, I started seeing visions of people getting out of wheelchairs, the blind eyes opening up, deaf ears, um, a dead people being raised from the dead. I just want to say this. In South Africa, I saw two people that was pronounced dead. God brought them back to life. And for two hours, the Lord showed me miracles. And he reminded me of when I was a young boy at the age of seven, while I was laying there. He says, this will become the key to your, meet, to your, to your, to your, um, um, your ministry. Jesus, if he's more real than you to the people, Healing will come. Do you get this? Amen. You will get your healing when Jesus is more real than your sickness. People come to church for healing. Stop doing that. Come to church for the healer. Stop coming to, to have or ask for provision and start to seek the provider. But he moved me. He touched me in a powerful way. They carried me out of the church after two hours. Carried me out. I couldn't walk. Couldn't speak. The power of God was all over me. And suddenly, bam. The miracle started. But the key is, the key ingredient is knowing this power. And this is where I want to get to today. I want to say this to you, that power doesn't just come through words. Power comes after your encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's how power comes. You, 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 can, you can take that to the bank. Power ca- does not come because, and I want to say this with utmost respect and love, the Lord doesn't sit with the sitters. He's moving with the movers. And the Holy Spirit will never force himself on any person. Never. He's, 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 he's more than available for you to experience him, but he will never come and walk down the aisle and say, you better take me now. No, he, he's waiting for people that say, Lord, I can't do this without you. I want the Holy Spirit. I want this power. Come on, I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want to be rekindled, Lord. I want to be the hope for my generation. Come on, somebody. We are not just, we, our faith is not the same faith as anybody else. Come on, we have a different faith. Our faith parts waters. Our faith shouts down walls. We've got something else, people. We've got Holy Ghost power. That dynamis power from God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. That dynamis power from the Lord. In other words, we have the same power. And let me just start off by saying this. The scripture says this very clearly. The same spirit. 
that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. In other words, we are not expecting another spirit. It's the same Holy Ghost that anointed him in Acts chapter 10. It's the same Holy Ghost that anointed Jesus that's available for us today. Somebody listening to me right now. Come on, tell your neighbor, I want him. I want the Holy Spirit. I want that anointing. I want that power. If I did not decide back then I'm going to seek Him, I'm going to seek Him my whole life. I'm going to lay it down in all. I would never been here today. Amen. When, I was, when I was young in South Africa, there was a Rugby World Cup in South Africa. It was hosted in our nation. And they would have soda cans with different nation flags on it. And I always was so intrigued with the different flags of the different nations. I didn't know why. Today I understand why. God prepared me as a young boy for the nations of the world. Come on, for the nations of the world. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to get to the word. I'm going to get to the word and I pray that it will bless you today. I want to, I want to speak to you about, and I would like to call this the mysteries of the Holy Spirit. Because I think that a lot of people don't understand the Holy Spirit. The life of the Spirit, by the way, is the life of power. And so, outside of the Holy Spirit, there's no power. Please hear me. You can have all the knowledge. Knowledge pops up. All the knowledge without the Holy Spirit. Now, if you think about this, we have saliva in our mouths. Hello? We have saliva in our mouths. And saliva is a good thing. The gastric juices that you have in your stomach, it's a good thing. If you eat without saliva, your hamburger is going to get stuck here. And you're going to die. Saliva helps you to, it's mixed with the food. And then it gets down there, and that gastric juice is sorted out, and some gets burned out, and some remains as fat. All right? I always see this, the Holy Spirit, or the word without the Holy Spirit, it just gets stuck. And this, this is why Paul came in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want you to read this quickly with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Very important passage in Scripture. And um, verse 4. And my speech and my preaching... We're not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's what Paul says. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4. He says in my, my speech and my preaching, we're not with persuasive words of human wisdom. He, listen to me. Look at me quickly. Paul says, when I came to you, my speech was not eloquent. In other words, Paul wasn't a good preacher or a good speaker, but Paul was a great demonstrator. And we've replaced this. People have become accustomed to removing the supernatural power of God with feel-good messages. We have replaced the five-fold ministers, come on, with, 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 with public speakers and motivational guys. While Paul says the opposite. Paul says the kingdom of God is not worth. You better hear me. The kingdom of God is not worth. The kingdom of God is power. You can stand the whole day and say the Lord is my shepherd. But unless the Holy Spirit makes it rhema in your heart. Come on. It will only be a verse. Hallelujah. And therefore you need the word and the Holy Ghost. So, so Paul says, I came to you not with persuasive words. In other words, so that your faith should not be in me and my words. He says, but I came with the demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith should not be in man, but in the power of God. So what does Paul teach? Paul teaches us that when we preach the gospel, the gospel must be demonstrated with the power. Hallelujah. 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 
Now, in the beginning, I like to think about this. In the beginning of, God, of time, God had to have a, a boardroom meeting. And God the Father, God the Word, and God the Spirit had to speak to one another and say, we're going we're to create humanity. But humanity is going to slip up. So we're going to have to send somebody that will die for them on a cross. Take on the form of man. Hello? On. Die on the cross, rose from the dead, so that I can forgive them and so they can have eternal life. And I can imagine God the Word, by the way, which is Jesus Christ. Where do I get that? John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was of God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So God the Word had to step up and say, send me. I'll go. I'll, I'll pay that price. But he had to turn to God the Spirit, and he had to say, I'm going to need you. You're going to have to make me a seat, put me in a woman's womb. I'll, have, I'll need you to anoint me. I'll need you to raise me from the dead. Because the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So imagine this quickly. God the word was there from the beginning. Who remembered what Jesus says? Before Abraham was, I am. So in other words, for God, for God the word, or we, which we know today as Jesus, to come to earth, that was a miracle. Imagine this, the Holy Spirit had to take God and turn him into seed. Now hear me. If the Holy Spirit is so powerful that he can take God and turn him into seed, imagine what he can do with you. He took the Son of God and he turned him into the Son of Men. Today he's taking sons of men and turns them into sons of God. Hallelujah. God the Father is in charge of operation. He was the one that says, let there be light. The Bible says everything that was created was created because of God the Word, because of Jesus. Jesus is in charge of administration. After Jesus created man, man was still dead. It was only when God breathed his breath into man's nostrils that man became a living being. In other words, the Holy Spirit is in charge of manifestation. Something, something so powerful, the Bible says that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep and then God said, let there be light. In other words, the Holy Spirit, God's Word will always move where the Spirit of God is. Come on, I'm not speaking to you right now. So understand this, that the Holy Spirit is not a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a fire. The Holy Spirit is not an atmosphere. He's an atmosphere changer. He's a fire bringer. Where the Holy Spirit is, He brings the atmosphere of heaven. He brings forth the atmosphere of creation. Therefore, whoever believes, if they have cancer underneath your hands, that cancer must die. Why? Because the creation, the power of creation, touches that body in the name of Jesus and cancer dries up. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm not speaking to you right now. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is more needed today than He's needed ever before. Church, about the Holy Spirit is a get-together club. It's a social club. And therefore, I'm telling you now, we don't need people to be woke in this hour. We need people to be filled with the Holy Ghost to the overflow. Come on. That will change you. That will separate you. People run around fearing in this terrible times that we are living. And I'm telling you, perfect love cast out fear. We are living exactly the best time of our lives. For this is the hour where God's Spirit shall move again like in the days of old. How many of you believe that? Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together and give Him a shout of praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. So South Africa, I was invited to a church. I just check the time. All right, I have time. Are you ready for more? In South Africa, I was invited to a church, and the church was eight hours drive. I couldn't fly there. There was no way to fly there. A week before I got there, God spoke to me, and he said, I want you to preach on the Holy Spirit. And I said, yes, Lord. Got to the church, big church, a lot of people. The preacher told me, he said, thank you for coming. My house is your house. You preach whatever you want to preach. And I thought, that's nice. He said, except. You do not preach on the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit is dead. I don't allow any person to preach on him. And if you preach on the Holy Spirit, I will chase you away publicly. So I, I, I turned to the Lord. I said, Lord, what do I do now? You told me to preach on the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm not. I, I, I shouldn't. What do I do? And I, I heard this. Who do you fear? I said, Lord, I fear you. He says, then you preach what I tell you to preach. Yes, Lord. I will never forget this. The preacher came to the front and uh, the, the people were hungry for God. They were sick. People were sick. They came, came from everywhere. He opened up the Bible and he started speaking against the Holy Spirit. And he says, church, you know that I, I won't allow any person to speak on the Holy Spirit. Please understand this. This guy did not know what I'm going to preach on. He did not know. And he said, uh, I will not allow it because the Holy Spirit is dead. He closed his Bible and introduced me. And I got up the stage. The first thing that fell out of my mouth, I tried to keep my composure, but the first thing, it just fell out. I said, church, the Holy Spirit is more alive than this pastor. And it's like, Ooh. And when that fell out of my mouth, I knew, okay, this is it. I'm gonna, now I'm going to give everything I've got. And he sat in the third row from the front. I will never forget this. And he was angry. His face changed. You know, a person is angry at you when their faces change. His face changed. It seems like somebody lit a fire underneath his seat. He's up and down, up and down. And suddenly, he jumped out of his seat and he ran towards me. And I just turned around. I said, in the name of Jesus. And the fire of God hit him. And he fell under the power of God. His ashes jumped up. The ushers tried to help him. When they got to him, they fell under the power of God. And God kept them there the whole service. People were healed, filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church is closed today. There's no more church. The church is closed. You know, because I've seen this all over the world. 82-year-old woman would, would grab me by the hand and cry. The one woman told me the other day, she says, I can die now. This is the first day that I've heard about the Holy Spirit. I was never introduced, never told about the Holy Ghost. And therefore, I want to tell you today, if you are waiting to feel goosebumps, you're in the wrong place. Because the Holy Spirit is not in the goosebumps business. He's in the changing business. The Holy Spirit does not come. Please hear me. The Holy Spirit does not come to make us feel good. He comes to change us. He changes you on the inside. Hallelujah. He changes you. It starts here. And then it starts to overflow. Somebody listening to me right now. The Holy Spirit is a person more real than the person sitting next to you. One of the things that I've realized with the Holy Spirit after seeking this power, He's a person Amen. with feelings. Do you understand that? Yes. I want to show you something. When Jesus came to earth, the Bible says in the book of Acts, the following, He says in Acts chapter 10, verse 48, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with Him. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Now, Think about this. If Jesus Christ, who was 100% God, 100% man, needed the Holy Spirit on the earth, how much more should we yeah. desire yeah. to be anointed by Him? Amen. Come on. Amen. 
So the scripture says, in the, in the gospels, it teaches us that when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came from heaven in a form of a dove, and he, he sat upon the Lord. The gospel of John teaches something profound. And that's the only gospel that says it in this way. He says that the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and sat upon him and he remained on him. The other gospel doesn't speak too much about he remained, but this gospel says that he remained on him. A lot of Christians, you know, please understand this. When you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to stay in, on the inside of you. That's the seal of your promise. Amen, that you are saved. Amen. But not a lot of people understand that that power that comes upon them. So in other words, Jesus came to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And fire. Christians, most Christians have the Holy Spirit, but they don't have the fire. They don't have the zeal. And when you introduce to the Holy Spirit, there's a new zeal. Zeal for your father's house will start to eat you up. Hallelujah. Come on. There will be a fire on the inside of you. It will change you. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit changes you into the image of Christ constantly. I'm telling you this, it might sound strange to you, but it's a fact. Your faith, li- your faith life means nothing without the Holy Spirit. Come on, your prayer life means nothing without the Holy Spirit. You, you, you can worship God without the Holy Spirit. It's no worship. He says he's looking for true worshipers that will worship God in spirit and in truth. Come on, there's something that God has given us as the church of Jesus Christ, which no man has. That's the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove with utmost respect towards the Holy Spirit. I always say that the dove is almost like a logo to what God does. Because if you study a dove, you will see a dove has on his right wing, he has got nine feathers. On his left wing, he's got nine feathers. The nine feathers on the right wing symbolizes the nine gifts of the Spirit. The nine on the left symbolizes the nine fruits of the Spirit. A dove, his main tail feather consists out of five feathers. It speaks about the five offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. A dove is the only, well, it's one of the animals without a gallbladder. That speaks about there's no deceit found in him. A dove mates for life. He will be with you until the very end of the earth. Therefore, when Jesus came and he was baptized, he came to demonstrate what he was basically saying is now, when the Holy, after the anointing of the Holy Spirit, He will release the nine gifts that the church will need. He will also release the nine fruits because the nine gifts is proof that God can use a man while the nine fruits is a, a fact that God, man has been with God. Amen. And He will empower the fivefold ministry and there's no deceit found in Him. Therefore, He's called the Spirit of Truth. Now, when you put on the television and you watch the news, and something in you says, ah, oh, that's, that's, that's not right. It's not a something, it's a someone. He, he leads you into all truth. I said he leads you into all truth. While everybody else is doing it doesn't mean it's God. I, I said because everybody is doing it doesn't mean it's truth. You'll have to know him. You will know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Now here's the thing. A dove is a... It's, it's not a parrot. I always say it's not a parrot. A parrot speaks to you. A parrot that is not, I don't think a parrot is a shy animal, but a dove is. If I see a dove in the street and I do this, there goes the dove. Whew. Have you tried that? In other words, if a dove sits on my shoulder, let me t- take, you, take you a little bit further. If I sit here, a dove sits on my, come and sits on my shoulder and I do this, there goes the dove. In, in order for me to keep the dove, 
Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit remained. Now again, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. I'm just teaching you something quickly. In order for me to keep this dove, I'll have to consider the dove. I can't do this no more. I'll have to get to know Him. I'll have to know what He loves, what He hates. Now my life is no longer about me, myself, and I. Now it's about Him. I'll have to consider His ways. I'll have to consider Him. What Christians do is this. Christians do this. While we that is in love with Him want His power, we do this. We consider Him. In other words, you don't go to bed like you used to go to bed. You don't watch the things that you used to watch. You don't say the things that you used to say. Because now I consider Him. I want to keep Him. I don't want to hurt Him. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to you right now? So we have to consider the dove. In other words, you'll have to consider the Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit to remain upon you? The Holy Spirit will never lead you into unrighteousness. He will always lead you to the truth. He'll always lead you to righteousness. Is somebody listening to me right now? Hallelujah. It's time, body of Christ, that we consider the dove. That we consider our ways. So I, I, don't, I don't just get up and do whatever I want to do. I consider Him. I always have to ask myself, does this bring glory to Him? Come on, does this bring glory to Him? Will I hurt the Holy Spirit through this decision? Listen to me. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to do a deep work in certain people's lives today. By the way, your life will never be the same again, sir. Give me a high five. You'll never be the same again. Listen to me. We'll have to consider Him. It is only when Jesus was baptized that the Holy Spirit was spoken of as a dove. Because Jesus basically said to the church, now this is what I'm going to do for the body of Christ. I'm releasing the nine gifts, the nine fruits, the fivefold ministries. And, and, and this is just a sign that the Holy Spirit can remain. You know, let me just make a, a statement, a bold statement. If you are not closer to God today than you were yesterday, you're busy getting cold. And you haven't considered the Holy Spirit much. After this, Jesus said to them the following. He says, you will heal the sick, you will cleanse the lepers, you will raise the dead, but wait until you have been endured with power from on high. So Jesus says, if you go now without this power, you're going to make a mess of it. You will need that dunamis power that he walked in. Listen, if you want to do what Jesus do, you'll have to get what he got. Amen. Can I say that again? If you want to do what Jesus did, you'll have to get what he got. You can't do it without him. You can't do it outside of him. You'll have to consider the Holy Spirit in this hour more than ever before. So Jesus says you will receive power after or after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Say with me after. after. Not, before. Not before. So the Holy Spirit comes after my, re my relationship with Him. After the seeking, after the yielding. Why do you think Paul says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit? You know the word grieve speaks about? Do not hurt Him deeply. By the way that you live. Now let me, let me say that again until it, got, it gets revelation. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The word grieve means and do not hurt Him deeply through the way that you live. People hurt the Holy Spirit deeply through the way that they live. And yet He's gentle. I said yet He is gentle. Please understand something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never put an emphasis on any other personality other than Jesus Christ. 
I believe in the fivefold ministry, but I believe that when, when the fivefold, one of the fivefold shows up, the Holy Spirit will never put an emphasis on the apostle. He will never put an emphasis on the prophet, never emphasis on the evangelist or the pastor or the teacher. The Holy Spirit only puts an emphasis on Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody listening to me. Therefore, this, this is how you know whether they are from God or not of God. Every time they give back the glory to Jesus, you're right. Because the Holy Spirit will always move you back to Jesus. He will always help you to magnify the Lord. Am I speaking to you right now? He will always lead you to that. Come on, somebody. So Jesus says, it is better if I go. Because if I do not go, I cannot send the helper. And then he made a statement. He said, that I will pray to the Father. Imagine this, that the Father loved the Holy Spirit so much that Jesus says, I'll pray and ask Him if He will send you the Helper. Imagine this. So the Father loves the Holy Spirit so much. Then Jesus says this, He says, that when the Spirit of truth comes, the world will not receive Him, for the world do not know Him, but you will know Him, for He will be with you, and He will be within you. So there's three ways that, that the Holy Spirit comes. Number one, He comes to be with you. He's with you to lead you, to guide you, to help you, to protect you. How many of you know the scripture that the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard against him. So our Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, comma, the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard against him. The original Hebrew Bibles do not have any punctuation marks. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't say in our Bibles, when the enemy comes in like a flood, it should read, when the enemy comes, comma, like a flood, the Holy Ghost will raise up a standard against him. I want to tell you right now that Satan cannot come like a flood. The Holy Spirit comes like a flood. I said the Holy Ghost comes like a flood. Satan wants you to believe that he comes like a flood, but he cannot come like a flood. All right, I, I want to I just touch on this very quickly. The last time I read my Bible, the scripture says he's under our feet. In the garden of Eden, God spoke to the serpent. He says, from this day on, you will be lower than the cattle. So you are afraid of a devil that, is, that his authority is least of that than the cattle? When I drive on the farmland and I see cattle standing, I'm always thinking about this. The devil is lower than the cattle. Hallelujah. And where are you? You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. All authority, all dominion, all power has been given to the church. Come on, to who did he say? Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Hallelujah. God did not call Gabriel to the side and say, Gabriel, I'm giving you the authority. He said to Peter, and I'm part of that movement. I'll build my church on you. And the gates of hell will not prevail against you. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind shall be bound. Whatever you lose shall be loosed. Come on, where's the church at? I said, where's the church at? It's time when we stand up with our authority and our power. And tell the devil, devil, somebody's moving today and it ain't me. Hallelujah. Somebody's moving today and it ain't me. Hallelujah. Come on, do you feel faith coming upon you right, right now? You have dynamic power on the inside of you. Glory be to the Lord. He will be with you to lead you, to guide you, to help you. It's not a something that told you, it's a someone that told you. It's a someone that says, don't go there. Don't go there. It's a someone that protects you. And He's the Holy Spirit. 
Don't you know that the Spirit of God yearns after you jealously? He's a jealous God. So the Bible teaches me very clearly the Holy Spirit came. Now He's with me. He's, he's, he's leading me. He's guiding me. He's protecting me. And then Jesus says, and He will be within you. Why is He within me? Sanctification. In other words, it's impossible for me to live a holy life without the Holy Spirit. Let me explain something to you, what people think, that when you give your life to Jesus, a lot of people think, now I can't do this, and I can't do that. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's not only like, I can't do this, I can't do that. Now it's, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Why? Because He changes you. I said He changes you. What is His job? So His main job is to, is, is to make us more and more and more into the image of the Son. Amen. So we start to hate the things of the world. How many people know what I'm talking about? Amen. You hate sin. You hate the things of this world. Well, let me go a little bit deeper. You lose friends. Yeah. Family don't call you much. Yeah. And you think you are weird. Yeah. It's just the Spirit of God in you that the demons in them can't stand. Yeah. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They, they treat you differently. Don't worry. It's a good thing. Yeah. I said there's a sign upon your life. It's a good thing. So the Holy Spirit is the one that brings holiness to you. He will, the Bible says that He will come and He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. So what, the, what happens with, with sinners comes, you know, always, people always say, well, I'm offended. Well, it's not the pastor, it's not the pastor that offended you, it's your sin. Sin offends. I said sin offends, why? Because light and darkness can't mix. So here's light. What happens? Darkness comes to the surface. And then you say, oh, I feel, I feel convicted, you know, you know, he, he, he hurt my feelings. And it's not the guy that's preaching, it's just the sin that wants to get out. Yeah. It's just the Holy Spirit wants to tell you that there's a better way. I said, there's a better way. You don't have to die in your sin. He can change you Amen. completely. Amen. So when I give my life to the Lord now, the Holy Spirit doesn't convict me of my sin. He convicts me of my righteousness. In other words, He's the one who reminds me who I am in God. Don't get angry, vessel. Remember, Jesus died for you. You're better than that. Come on, don't go there. Don't respond. Come on, don't respond. You're better than that. Who knows what I'm talking about? He, con he convinces you, always rem reminds you of who you are in the Lord. And then number three, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And you shall receive power after he comes upon you. The Bible says they came together in the upper room in one accord. Say with me, one accord. Come on, one, one more time. Say one accord. And the scripture says they prayed together. There was not one person that did anything else but praying. Uh, according to the word of God, there was 120 in the upper room. 120 received. Because 120 was desperate to be changed. I'm talking to you about, if I speak about the Holy Spirit, I can keep you busy until Jesus returns. Because there's so much Amen. of the Holy Spirit. But you need to understand this, that these were 12 men that that said we'll die with him, and they were the first to run away. Amen? Amen. They, were, they were the ones that saw Jesus heal, raise the dead, pray, give them all the answers to life. Yet they were men that did not believe. It was only after the Holy Spirit came that these men turned the world upside down. I want to show you something. When God took man, created him, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of God. So the Holy Spirit, we know the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. 
And so I was always thinking about this, the name Yahweh. We, you know, most Bibles, original Bibles, would not type in the word Yahweh. If they speak about God, they would leave it empty, blank, because it's such a holy name to utter. And let me just explain something to you. Most people pronounce Yahweh the wrong way. So we say Yahweh, but it's not actually how it's supposed to be. Did you know that when we say Yahweh, the name Yahweh, I'm going to try it today, you, you, you should say it without tongue. Your tongue mustn't move. So Yahweh sounds something like this. I'm getting somewhere. So, breath of God. My first words was not mommy. The first word that I breathed. The last word. Even an atheist. Even an atheist on his deathbed will have to declare the name. Imagine how God created us to be intertwined with His Spirit. That even when He breathed His, no, His breath into man's nostrils, that's basically how you say Yahweh. The breath of God. We have Him on the inside of us. You think you have a problem? Let me say something to you. If you have cancer in this place, you still have the breath of God in you. The Bible says Jesus received the name which is above every other name. Therefore, COVID is in trouble. Oh, you didn't get that. Before there was COVID, there was the word. Before there was cancer, there was the word. Before there was TB, HIV, AIDS, there was the word. Before there was deafness, there was the word. Come on, before high blood pressure, before sugar diabetes, there was the word. What word in the beginning was the word? And the word was of God. In other words, the word of God has the final say. No doctor's report. You have the breath of God on the inside of here. Glory be to you, the Lamb of God. Therefore, Peter, the Bible says, after Peter had the visitation from the Holy Ghost, this place was shaken by the power of God. I'm going to show you something. They came together in one accord. Every time you want to see God move, you better be in one accord. You'll have to have one mind that we need a move of God's Spirit. Come on, where's the people that says, I'm not leaving this place as I came in Jesus' name? Come on, where are you at? No, I'm not leaving this place as I came. Can I ask the keyboard player just to come and help me on the keyboard, please? Hear me quickly. They came together in one accord. And the Bible says they prayed. What did they do? Pray. They prayed. Say that again. They do, did what? Pray. They prayed. They didn't do anything else but praying. And they were waiting on the promise. Now I love this. They did not understand what the promise will be. But they waited. People don't want to wait. For the Holy Spirit to, to show up in power, you'll have to wait. And I love this. You know, I, I've always said this my whole life. So many times we say... Um, you know, we're just waiting on God. But if, if you understand the right way, why we say we're waiting on God, it's for this reason. God is already waiting for us. But when we say um, we are waiting on God, it's basically God saying, I'm waiting until the last bit of flesh is dead. So that I can release my power to you. How many of you know that? God wants to reveal himself constantly to you, but God's presence will always be with the absence of manis. You'll have to be dead to yourself. So they came together. Praying, waiting for the promise of God. And this is what the Bible says. And suddenly, say suddenly. suddenly. 
when the Holy Spirit shows up and He changes you, He changes you suddenly. I don't know, somebody needs to hear this. But I believe that God's going to do sudden things in this week. Let me say that again. God's going to do sudden things in this week that will blow your mind. That will change you from where you were a month ago. I want to say this again. God is going to do something suddenly. Suddenly, you will be pregnant. Suddenly, you will have a breakthrough at your job. Suddenly, your marriage is turned around. Suddenly, there's a door that no man can shut. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, He shows up suddenly. There will be a change. Hallelujah. A change. Glory be to the Lamb of God. Come on, I want to say that again. Suddenly, there will be a shift. Suddenly you thought that you're dying and suddenly God gives you resurrection power on the inside of you. Suddenly you think that you're going to go shopping and suddenly God restores everything. We are in the hour of the suddenlies. I want to prophesy this. We are living in the days where prison doors will open up suddenly. Where God will supernaturally, whoo, hallelujah, suddenly. I've learned something with the Holy Spirit. The first time we came, he, he came suddenly. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. A sound from heaven. The kingdom of God operates through sound. This is why we have to sing Him a song. This is why we'll have to worship and cry out to you. Why do you think Bartimaeus cried out, Thou son of David. He didn't say, Well, son of David, have mercy on me. He cried out. Because the kingdom of God operates through sound. If you have a sound in you that you can just release from you, I believe with all of my heart that suddenly the Holy Spirit will come. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. A mighty wind. The Bible says it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Upon each of them sat a tongue of fire. The Bible says a divided tongue of fire. Why a divided tongue of fire? Two tongues, of, two tongues upon each head. One tongue represents God's tongue. The second tongue represents your tongue. So what God is saying from this moment, the, vo- the, the, the words in God's mouth is exactly the same as the words of God in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get that? Yeah. Suddenly, whew, suddenly, the place was shaken by the power of God. And the Bible says they started speaking in different tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That the people outside thought that these men are drunk. Peter said, we are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that. Come on, tell your neighbor, this is that. Which Which the prophet Joel has prophesied. That in the last days God will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. Upon all flesh. I want you to understand this, that the Holy Spirit makes decisions. If you think about this pulpit, I, can, I see this pulpit as an object. I can use this pulpit. I put my Bible on it. I can throw you with it if I really want to. Okay? But it can't use me because it's an object. As long as we see the Holy Spirit as an it, we see Him as an object, we would want to use Him. When we see Him as a person, we will allow Him to use us. Therefore, so a lot of people think that when the Holy Spirit comes, suddenly there's an atmosphere. Do you know why you feel the atmosphere change? Because the atmosphere of heaven, the creation of heaven, <laughs> steps into a place. A real person. Listen to me. Not goosebumps. It's a person. 
expect a person to walk into this place. Basil, where do you get that from? God said in the beginning, let us make man into our image, into our likeness. He did not speak to Gabriel. He did not spoke to one of the angels. I'm not looking like an angel. I've been created in the image of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit, you know, a lot of people, if I say Jesus, everybody can see Jesus. They first think brown beard, brown hair. When I say Holy Spirit, it's like a mystery. They've got no idea. Let me tell you quickly. He's got a face. He's got eyes. He's got a mouth. He's got ears. He's got hands. He's, he's a very, very intelligent being. He's God Almighty. The Holy Spirit, I like to call him Jesus Unlimited. When Jesus was on the earth, he was limited to a place and time. The Holy Spirit is unlimited. While he's here, he's moving in Miami. He's moving in Houston. He's moving in Johannesburg, South Africa. Everywhere at once. And, and this is the thing that I believe with all of my heart, that the church will have to come back to that place of hunger. That place where we will seek God with all of our hearts. We will say, Holy Spirit, I'm not leaving this place without a touch. Let me explain this to you and I'm, then I'll finish with this. And I'll, I'll continue tonight so you don't want to miss tonight. But the, I believe with all of my heart that the Holy Spirit is yearning for people that will say, here I am. I can't do this without you. I'll, I'll explain something to you as I finish. I was preaching for two weeks this changed my life for two weeks. Got back home, very tired, exhausted. I sat on my couch late at night. I said, well, I'm going to have a, a soda and then I'm going to go to bed. And I heard God speak to me. He said, I want you to go and pray. And I said, Lord, I promise you tomorrow I'll pray. I'm dead tired today, Lord. Let me just sleep and then tomorrow I'll pray. About four or five minutes went past. I heard him say to me again, I want you to go and pray. That got me to the edge of my chair. I said, I said Lord, but I, I've explained to you. I, I, I love you, but I'm so tired. And I said, you know my heart. You know what people say. Oh, Lord, you know my heart. I'm so tired. I promise you tomorrow. And I heard for the third time. He said to me, Vessel, pray lest my spirit withdraws from you. That got my attention. I jumped up. I ran to my room, my prayer room, closed the door. And here's the thing. When I closed the door, I fell on my knees. I, I, there was no time to pray. I fell on my face because he was there already. I wept for an hour at least. Water puddles everywhere. The holiness of God Almighty was in that room. I couldn't look up. I couldn't dare look up. It felt like I will die if I look up. And I, after an hour about I got out and I sat on the couch trying to figure it out what just happened. And I heard him say, go back again. I went back again. Closed the door, same thing happened. I fell on my face. I wept before the Lord. Sobbed. I, I couldn't get to words. I couldn't get to the praying side. I was just weeping before the glory of the Lord. And here's the thing. I got out. I went to watch my, my, my kitchen. I switched on the kettle. And I heard him say this to me. And this, this rocked me. He said to me, Vessel, I loved spending time with you. Would you spend a few more minutes? I thought to myself, who am I that God says he loved spending time with me? And I got back to that room and I fell on my face again. And they, this time I heard him say, whatever you ask me now, I'll give it to you. I had a list. I thought, yeah, I'm coming to the list because I've got need. Here's the list. The only thing that came out. I said, Lord, I want more of you. If this is it, I want more. I want more of you. 
And I realized that he is jealous over our time. I realized that if I want the Holy Spirit to stay, if I feel that knocking on my heart, you know, I asked the Lord, never speak to me three times about a certain thing. I want to ask you, help me if you speak once to obey you. If you knock on my heart once to pray, I want to go and pray. Is, is somebody listening to me? Because he's a real person with feelings. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is the mostly offended in the church today. He's the mostly left outside while the church is operating whatever they want to do. And we can't do this without the Holy Spirit, the precious gift from God that quickens us, that changes us, that takes your prayer life and makes it so powerful. If you allow the Holy Spirit, yield to Him. How do I yield to the Holy Spirit? How do I know I've yielded? It's when Jesus is real. So when people, when we start to pray in the next two minutes or so, start to yield. You forget about everybody else. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes Jesus real to you. He's the one that takes your worship and makes it acceptable. Think about this. The Bible says no man knows the depths of God. No man. Listen to me. No angel knows. Or let me rephrase that. The Bible says no angel knows the depths of the heart of the Father. No angel knows the secrets of God. He says except for the Holy Spirit. He says who reveals it to us. The hairs of salvation. In other words, the Holy Spirit reveals what's on the inside of God. No angel can do that. Angels stand around the throne 24 hours a day. Holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty. What does this mean? Every time I say holy, I try to ascribe God into one word, holy. In other words, when I say wonderful, glorious, holy, righteous, victorious, conqueror, triumphant, mighty, healer, deliverer, shield, defense, strong tower, my best friend, come on, omnipotent, omnipresent, soon and coming king, alpha, omega, lord of everything, come on, help me, line of the tribe of Judah, come on, the rock of my salvation, the captain over the fountain, come on, do you hear me? I put it into one word, holy. The angels will have to do that for all eternity. In other words, every time an angel say holy, he's experiencing a new dimension of the heart of the father. And they will have to do it for all eternity. In other words, for all eternity, they will get new revelation of who He is. But we, the heirs of salvation, have the Holy Spirit that can make Him real to us. That makes Him so real and so personal. Is somebody getting this? Therefore, He is the one who changes your filthy life, turns it upside down and says, Come back, son, just as you are. He's the one who's mending hearts. The Bible says this very clearly. He's close. The Holy Spirit is close to the one with a broken heart. Close to the one with a crushed spirit. I've spoken about my best friend today and I'm telling you he's here. I can already see tears flowing everywhere across this building. As the Holy Spirit is becoming real to people. You can have that power today. Not tomorrow. Suddenly your whole life can turn upside down. Suddenly that God can take your fear and turn it around. And give you such faith like the faith of Peter. Peter, the Bible says, walked in the street and people were laid next to him and his shadow fell upon them and healed them. Your shadow 